Hey guys, you are listening to the Rima Chapel Podcast, which brings the message of Jesus Christ to the lost all across the globe. Today's speaker is our own pastor, Reverend Samuel Donkoforte, pastor of Rima Chapel, Belfort, Germany. Hope you enjoy the message. Take a look at uh, Mark chapter 5. Actually, this same account is dealt with in Luke chapter 8. But Mark chapter 5... Are you there? Mark chapter 5. Bring your Bibles to church. Bible is good, though. You see, because you get the double opportunity of seeing and then hearing and then reading. So when you combine all, it is not easy to get, forget. Are you there? Chapter 5 of Mark. Then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Please notice the Bible says an unclean spirit. Now, when English says an unclean spirit, it means one spirit. But you will see something here. Verse 3. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, not even with chains. For because he has often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. Verse 5. And always, notice the word always, always, night and day. Notice the word night and day. So the question is, when does he even sleep? Always night and day. Notice this. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. Verse 6, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Verse 8. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Verse 10. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now you can underline that verse 10. That verse 10, you can underline all. 
also he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. I want you to notice that when you came to Deutschland, something shifted. And you have come into another environment that is different from where you came from. So there are things here. If you find churches being empty, there are things here before you came. Churches don't get empty by accident. Are you listening to me? So see here, the Spirit said, this is the place where we like to be. We have our treasures here. We have worked long here. We have influenced the mindset in this area. Actually, we are the kings of the culture. Don't send them away. Don't send us away. If you send us away out of this place, it's not going to work very well for us. We have things we need to protect and things to guard. Verse 11. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000, and the head ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So verse 13 is also something you need to underline if the Bible is yours. Because you should notice that what one human being could handle and still survive when that same thing was released to 2,000 pigs. They couldn't take it for even um, five minutes. I don't know how long it took for them to run into the sea, but they couldn't take it for five minutes. Don't let nobody tell you that we, we, we just evolved out of animals. We didn't. Let me read. Verse 14. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in the right mind, and they were afraid. Verse 16, And those who saw it said, or told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from the, their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. Verse 19, however, Jesus did not permit him, but said unto him, Go home to your friends and tell them what 
great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Verse 20, that's my last verse. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. You know, what is called Decapolis actually in the Greek would mean ten cities because Deca is ten and Polis is city. So ten cities. Some people also say ten cities with a region around them with outlying areas. So in actual fact, this man went and preached to those people. Now, I want you to notice that in the verse chapter 4, Jesus was having a successful meeting somewhere and God told him it is time to move on. So he said to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. And what did they do? They sent the multitude away. Then they moved. Now, when they sent those multitude away and they moved, Jesus went into the boat and laid his head to rest. And so, when they were moving on, he had fallen asleep. But I want you to notice something. That whilst he was sleeping, the Bible said a storm arose and threatened to destroy all of them. If you read the chapter 4, you'll find this there. And they had to wake up Jesus from his sleep and he said to the wind, actually, he rebuked the wind. Because you see, some of us do not know that even the very atmosphere in which we operate, there are entities who ride the airwaves to do evil. The Bible didn't say Jesus rebuked the sea. Actually, to the sea, he said, peace be still. But to the wind, he rebuked the wind. Because, you see, this was not just ordinary wind. There was something riding the wind. A spirit of destruction riding the wind to destroy. So, it is after that, that now, they got to where they were supposed to get to. I want you to get that one clear. Because, you see, we want to talk about what I call demonic concentration. Demonic concentration. One of the things that you and I must understand is that things don't happen by chance on the planet Earth. Anything good doesn't happen by chance. Actually, since Adam and his wife fell into sin, this world allows evil to happen if people do nothing. Evil happens like how the rain falls. It will just happen. But when it is something good, somebody somewhere has to pay a price for that to happen. Now, let me, before I continue with the preaching, let me just tell you something about Azusa Street. Azusa Street was a particular place in California where a certain black man called Tom Seymour was preaching to a group of people. And uh, somehow, because he was talking about the Holy Spirit and the fact that when he empowers people, they are able to do what God wants done, they didn't really like it. So what did they do? They, in those days, when you are a preacher, they don't like you. 
they shut the door. So when they came for the evening session, the door has been padlocked. And this is a man who has traveled very far. He was a black man. Those times, the blacks, they were still very, very economically deprived. It's not today that you are black millionaires. But this man has sold everything before he was able to, you know, take the train to come. He has given his all because he loved the Lord. Well, so he went into a neighbor's house who were also part of the church and he asked for them to give him some place to stay. When he went in there, he shut the door. Because you see, if he were to go back, where is the money to go back? If the people had received his ministry and he had ministered for quite some time, it would be reasonable that they would give him some offering that he can buy his train ticket and go back. So he shut the door, he went into his room, they brought breakfast, no breakfast, lunch, no, no lunch, nothing. And the guy was in the room, just praying. You see, because when your back is to the wall, and you begin to pray, that is when your heart cries out to God. Prayer is not about your mind contacting God. Prayer is about your spirit man getting to a place where you know that God and God alone is the one who will undertake. So, prayer is not about a matter of using words. It's a matter of the cry of the spirit. Has you ever seen a baby using words on their parents? They just cry. And the intensity of the cry tells the mother what is wrong. There is a certain intensity that causes the mama to put the things she's doing immediately down and rush them. There is a certain cry which the mama says, oh, I have got two or three of those napkins to hang. Let me finish hanging them before I go. So you see, the church has lost something because we have lost our ability to cry out to God. But today, we must cry out. So the guy prayed, and the story goes that the people in the house who were trying to feed it, they decided to join him. And when they joined him, somehow, some people in the neighborhood also heard that there's prayer going on in that house. They will come and knock. They are loud. Then they join. And gradually, a crowd was gathering. 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 It was God that was orchestrating it. And before long, that man's house has become the place of prayer. And it was in that meeting that the Holy Spirit broke out. Because for several years, people have not been speaking in tongues. But they started speaking in tongues on that day. And uh, that revival spread all over the world. That is what gave birth to the Pentecostal movement, etc., etc. So, getting to the end of that revival sometime in 2008, sorry, 1915, uh, Seymour gave a prophecy. One of the things he said is that the movement that have come out of the revival is going to wane because people are going to begin to, number one, emphasize power over righteousness. How many of you know that the devil is powerful? Well, the Bible says he's powerful. Behold, I give you power 
overall the power of the enemy. He didn't say overall the weakness of the enemy, overall the power. So the devil has power. What he doesn't have is righteousness. So you see, when you balance power with righteousness, God will still be working. Number two, he also said there will be uh, an, an overemphasis on praise to God and no more prayer. Have you noticed that in most churches, praises goes on very well. But prayer is, especially this church, we haven't been doing certain things because we don't have a place. But if we had a place, we're doing prayer meetings. Watch how many people come for the prayer meetings. And yet it was prayer that birthed this thing. Number three, he also said that there was going to also be an overemphasis on the gifts of the Holy Spirit instead of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, <clears throat> in our days, people are following giftings. People are not, very few people are following Jesus. But the Bible actually said, if I am making disciples, I should make disciples for Christ, not for myself. My disciples must not look like me. They must look like Christ. In other words, I must strive to look like Christ so that when those who follow me are following me, they will also look like Christ. That's what he said. But eventually, he gave, so he said that there will be a falling away of many of the people who believe. Do you know that recently, we were just talking about a particular lady who was the, 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 the wife of, of a pastor. I won't mention her name because if I mention the name, some people will know because she's, she's popular. She was on the airwaves, etc., etc. The marriage broke up, of course. And uh, uh, my, my pastor, my senior pastor in Ghana, he knows the, this pastor very well. And so he knows that there were misunderstandings among them, fightings, etc. So eventually the marriage broke up. But this lady was being interviewed by a radio station. Well, you know the one who did that research? Yeah. Okay. A radio station, and then I guess later on a TV station or something, whatever. But the fact is, this thing is on YouTube, and she was she made a particular controversial comment that she doesn't bother if she's married to you, and you would want to marry another person in addition to her. That that information must be conveyed to her so that she knows. So that you don't go behind her back and then you are doing, uh, what do you call it? Uh, is it fornication or something that she said? But my fact is, how can this woman get to that level? Because this is somebody who came from a charismatic setting. When somebody who is a pure, pure, pure traditional person, because in my country you can marry more than one. If you marry according to uh, what they call ordinance, you can marry only one. But if you marry according to the traditional marriage law, then you can marry more than one. So to have somebody who has been the wife of a pastor, somebody who is a gospel musician, well known, to make that kind of statement, it is a proof that she has left her first love and left her first faith. And I said to myself, and, and I'm looking at her, and she's not a young woman anymore. 
She's not a matured woman. I'm like, what? The time is so short now. You see, because our salvation is closer now than when we first believed. I cannot backslide in my old age. My goodness, I cannot. It's most a niche. It's not a niche. It's daft out niche. I shouldn't backslide in my old age. Because this thing is not a play. Listen, these things are happening. Even some people that we know to be, we, we used to consider them to be giants. Yet today, if you look at them, Look, the Bible says that this thing that we are having, it is like a treasure that is in the field, which a man who knows the value of it, he sells everything to go to buy it. My question is, what have you given up for this faith? If you have given nothing up for this faith, it's very likely you won't keep it for long. So later on, He now came and prophesied that 100 years from now, there will come yet another revival that will make this particular revival they were in become very, very pale in comparison. And that it is this revival that is going to usher in the coming of the Lord. People don't talk about the coming of the Lord much these days. But listen, gentlemen, let me tell you something. When God says something, it will surely come to pass. And so I want you to understand, my dear friends, that if you make your calculation for 1915, you will end up at 2015. So that within the times in which we are, these are the times for the revival. And I tried to sample some of you, and I realized that some of you are spiritual, spiritually alive and sensitive. So when I was asking about the relative ease with which you can pray. You said this one was better. Am I right about that? Listen, it's not by accident. God is breaking certain things because the giant needs to rise again. And I came to tell you that it's about time you rise up. It's about time you take advantage of the season of grace given to us so that you will make so much progress that the enemy will not be able to touch you anymore. So you see, I'm talking about demonic concentration. This is the case of a man who somehow the devil put over 6,000 demons upon him. You want to ask why? Why would you want to put 6,000 demons into one man? And you see, the devil goes after people who will give him a lot of trouble. So those of you who are fasting, please listen carefully. Those of you who are fasting, the devil would want to limit your, your prayer life. Because if he doesn't limit your prayer life, you will limit him. So he is after it to try and work some kind of calculation to deploy some kind of weapons against you so that he can shift you from the place that is ordained for you. Listen, you were born for this time. You were born for this moment. You are part of the last days. And if I were you, I would not allow the thing for which I was born to pass me by. I won't allow it. Let it never, never be said of you that you lost a battle because of somebody. Even the devil is not the reason why you should lose a battle. 
Are you listening to me? The devil is not the reason why you should lose any battle. The devil is not the reason why you should fail to get the crown that the Lord has for you. Why? Because if God be for us, who can be against us? And let me also say, don't lose any battle because of your flesh. I pray God that I will never, never, never lose any battle because of my flesh. No wonder Jesus said, if anybody will come after me, let him take up his own cross. These days there are many, many people who don't understand that if you don't take up your cross, you won't make it. There are many, many people who do not understand that taking up your cross means you must let go of some things. You never go into a shop and take something and go out. You exchange something for something. What are you willing to exchange for what God has in the hour in which we are in? Some of you, if the explosion of power which is available hits you, you will go to hell because pride will overtake you. You'll be so full of pride that when you compare yourself to Satan, you probably will beat him at his own game. So I'm challenging you. It is time for us to watch our life well. This man was just one man, and yet he carried so much. Have you noticed that when Jesus healed this man, he didn't allow the man to follow him? He didn't even assign some disciples to go after him you know, to follow up. Follow up is what happens when the Spirit of God is not allowed to do his full work on people. But when the Spirit of God works on people, wherever they go as born-again people, no demon out there can stop them. And I came to tell you that you are more than a conqueror. You cannot be stopped. But I also came to tell you that the enemy is after you and he has put demonic concentrations upon your life. Demonic concentrations. Listen, just take this church. Take Rima Chapel. We started out there in the uh, Paulus Kitchen in 2002. But the church broke up. How did it break up? Because my mom died and I was raised by a single parent, my mom. I cannot allow my mom to die and I'm not there like my papa died and I wasn't there. No. No matter what it takes, I got to go. So I left. And when I left, by that time we were running around 50. Hmm. 50? No, we, we hadn't got to 50. But we had a couple of whites in the church then. Our interpreter was a white person at the time. <clears throat> when I came back, our parent church were not able to send people, you know, regularly to undertake what I was doing because, you know, we're in the process of starting many things. We're starting something in Moonstar, starting many things in other places. And so I came back to see that everything has been scattered. We had to begin all over again. We began, and then when we got to on the average, around 50 people in attendance. Yeah, on the average, I'm saying on the average, 50 people in attendance, meaning that when you come to church every day, you are counting the people, you have roughly on the average 50. 
Then something rose up. Because the man who was in charge of the place, his spirit did not agree with us. And somehow he created trouble, created trouble. And uh, they just drove us out of the place without we finding another place. So from the second week of December, when we were driven out of the place, till April, I think Easter the following year, before we got a place in the, on the Veta Strasse. And it is this second driving out that brought the core conference. Those of you who don't join the core conference, I don't know why when you are in the church, you don't want to support the church. I just don't know. But listen, the demons here in this particular case, they were one. I told you to underline it because God doesn't make mistakes about his grammar. It is just something to teach us something. Because the Bible says he had an unclean spirit. Meaning it was one spirit. But you see, the over 6,000 spirits, they were one. And they have all lined up under the tutelage of the principal spirit to the extent that when the principal spirit speaks, he speaks for all of them. So they are one. You see how they have been able to hold this man's life in captivity for all these years? You know why? Because they are united. When a house is divided, it falls. And I'm saying that this year, we are not going to allow the enemy to concentrate demonic forces around us like he has been doing in time past. This church has come under so much attack like no other church I know in Bilifet. For whatever reason, except to tell you that when the devil knows that you carry something that will give him trouble, he doesn't leave you alone. Even when Jesus was a baby, Herod deployed the power of the whole army against him. A two-year-old child, and you are asking the Navy, you are asking the CIA, you are asking the FBI, all of them, go after and look and make sure this child is dead. How many of you can, can survive, even in this your age? when the, the, the security apparatus of Deutschland is released against you. But they release the might of the state against a two-year-old child. And he had to take God for him to survive. Why? Because Jesus was a troublemaker to the devil. Are you listening to me? If you are there and you will not pray, calamity and trouble will not depart from your habitation. People who want to get far with God, they make it a priority to pray. And they develop a habit of prayer. And they remain at it until things begin to happen. Things don't happen by accident. You know, Tom Seymour, before this thing happened, the man was doing something. He was, uh, what was he doing? He was serving, what do you call it? He was, he was serving in a restaurant. Those days when you are black, you serve in restaurants. He was serving. But eventually, uh, according to history, he was praying three hours a day as he was serving. Then, eventually, God told him that he should increase his prayer. So he increased the prayer from three hours a day to five hours a day. I don't know how, many, how much time he spends sleeping. But he increased the prayer to five hours a day. And the consistency of the prayer opened the doors. Listen, anybody here can be a prophet. 
Anybody here can see into the realms of the spirit. Why is that so? Because the testimony of the Lord Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. If the spirit of Christ is not in you, you don't belong to him. The Bible says, if, if, if Christ is not in you, you are none of his. So, if you are Christ, then anything can happen. When the Holy Spirit is in somebody, it means God is in that person. And the one who releases or causes the gifts to function, who is he? It's the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? So when the Spirit of God is in you and you begin to give yourself to prayer and you begin to maintain consistency in prayer, it's not going to take long. The, the, the spiritual cutting that, is, that, that blocks the natural from the spiritual is going to crack. And when it breaks, then you begin to see everything the way God sees it. Then you begin to feel the way God feels. And so I am here to challenge you, my dear friends, that look, we are in the season where God is calling for more from us. And when God calls for more, he gives grace for more. Amen. So the fact that you are able to pray more, the fact that you can, you can, I know that's what the human challenges this body. If you don't want to kill this body, it will kill you. If you don't want to limit this body, it will limit you. If you don't want to be master of this body, it will master you. This body can be your worst enemy. Actually, the devil is not as strong as this body. Or let me put it this way. The devil is not as strong as the appetites that this body can have. So his main or his modus operandi or his main means of acting is to deploy your own body as a weapon against yourself. And he knows that, you see, where there are battles from within, battles from within are the hardest to win. When the battle is without, you can afford to use bombs, use missiles, use anything. But when it is within, you can't use those weapons. Now you must become a sniper. You must target the thing exactly and finish it because if you miss it, you may destroy something you shouldn't destroy. Are you listening to me? And so, dear friends, I am challenging you that it is time that we rise up and begin to do what we are supposed to do. Look at Jude chapter 9. The Bible said, sorry, Jude 9. Jude, Jude is chapter 1. Only one chapter. But Jude 9, the Bible says there that when Moses died, the devil came and he wanted to take possession over the body of Moses. Why? Because he wants to use that body to destroy the work that Moses has established. He wants to make some idolatry out of that place, use the body, channel some demons through it, and use it to deceive the people. So, the Bible said, God sent Michael, and there was a contention over the body of Moses. Question I want to ask you is, do you know that there is a contention over your life? Do you know that there's a contention over this church? Do you know that actually, physically, we're supposed to be more than this? There's a contention. Do you know that? Do you know that there is a contention actually over your heart, your liver, your kidneys? Do you know that there's a contention over every organ of your body? Do you know that if, 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 if the devil has a chance, he will afflict you with some disease, you cannot come to church again till the day you go to your grave? Do you know that? 
There is a serious contention going on. This is a war and you cannot play. Battles are not for children. They are for adults. And anytime somebody gets born again, he is not born again the way a person is, is born when you are a baby. Spiritual babies are not the same as natural babies. The reason being that spiritual babies have a certain level of maturity that natural babies never have. Even if you are born again today, God can still direct you by your spirit. You cannot explain things, but God can talk to you. There was a time a certain person got born again, and a week later, another person came to the church to come and preach, a guest preacher. But somehow, this new born again person somehow didn't feel he didn't have any appetite to go there. So somehow he decided he's skipping the meetings. Didn't know why. But I skipped the meetings. Do you know that later on trouble arose? Because the man came with a false teaching and managed to swerve some people. Some of the so-called people who have been around for long, he managed to swerve them. But this baby, they couldn't get him. You know why? Because spiritually speaking, when the person is born as a baby, he's not so helpless like these natural babies are. So I want you to understand, my dear friends, that this is a battle we are on. And there is a contention. There is a contention. If you don't contend for your children, it's very likely the day that you want to have children, you, you will not be able to have one. If you don't want to contend for your marriage, you may rise and be 50, and there is nobody who wants to marry you. If you don't want to contend for anything at all, good things are things the devil blocks the Bible says that from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of the earth, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And violent men, not violent angels, violent men take God's kingdom, heaven's kingdom by force. Do you know that heaven is above? And we are here on the earth. But between here and the heaven where every good thing, every good thing and every perfect thing comes from above. It comes from God Almighty. Everything that happens to men for good comes at the pleasure of the one who reigns in the kingdom of heaven. And if you have to take anything there, you have to come between this earth and the atmospheric heaven where the enemy have made his headquarters. And you know, to pass through the headquarters, you have to be a forceful man. You have to force. That is why the kingdom of heaven permits force. Why? Because you have to force through the opposition. The Bible says, well, blessed be God who teaches my hands to war and my fingers to fight. A bow of steel is broken by my arms. The Lord have gathered me with strength. I ran through a troop and I leaped over a wall. Tell somebody fight. Tell him that if you don't fight, you have lost by default. So it is time for us to fight. It is time for us to arise on our knees. And if God said something, to go out there and believe that God meant what he said and fight until that one is established. <coughs> they fought over the body of Moses. Do you know that the Bible said, your father Abraham Desire to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Do you know that? How many of you are ready? When Jesus made that statement, people said, uh-uh. 
Now, you'll be 30 years now. How come that you are older than, than our father Abraham, who is long dead? But Jesus said, look, before the Abraham was, I am. He said, your father Abraham desired to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. How many of you know that there are those apart from Abraham who have seen your day and they are not glad? You think that if some demons saw your day, how dangerous that you can be, you think that they'll be glad and rejoice with you? Why is it that others are able to do certain things easily, and you, you want to do that thing, there's a lot of trouble? Because they saw your day. They saw the danger. They saw the trouble, the calamity, the shame, the disgrace, the devastation you caused to the camp of the enemy. They saw that. And they said, no, we have to cut them short. And they have begun. Listen, the Bible said, when Jesus was born, wise men saw his star in the east and they came to worship him. Do you know that the word wise men there is called Magi? It means that they are not believers. It just means that they are spiritual entities who can see in the realms of the spirit. Those of you who, when you are in your homes, you know that in the night, when your curtains are not down, you don't put on your light and you come and stand by your window to try and dress yourself from the bathroom. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Why is that so? Because all those people who are in the darkness, they will see you and see so much detail about you that you have no idea what else they haven't seen. But do you know that when you look out of that window, you don't see them? When you are in darkness, you see those who are in the light. But when you are in the light, you don't see those who are in the darkness except God gives you revelation called discernment. That's the only way you see. And if you don't pray, you are not going to have any discernment. They will always have an advantage over you because as a child of the light, they are always seeing you. And trust me, when they see you, they will target you. When they see you, they will come after you. When they see you, they create trouble for you. By the time you wake up in the morning, they have already set a trap for you so that they will take you in their trap. May God punish the devil. May every demon who is working the evil agenda of the devil, may he be punished. And I know that the devil will not get away with it. But I'm telling you, my dear friends, if you are not ready to rise up and begin to pray, if you are not ready to rise up and begin to call upon God, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. You are not fit. You are not fit at all. Because, you see, this thing is about he who puts his hand to the plow and he doesn't turn back. If you put your hand to the plow and you turn back, you are disqualified. Am I talking to somebody? What is my goal? My goal is to stir you up so that you don't allow this grace you are receiving to slip by without making the input you need to make. It cannot be that the time of sowing, when God has made the field ready for you to sow, you sow nothing, and then when harvest time comes, you have nothing to sow. No. Let us be men and women who take advantage of the opportunity that we have in Christ so that we can make progress with God. Are you listening to me, my dear friends? You know, in life, 
If you want to compare your, your, your life to other people, if you want to look at the population, the average, the, what other people are doing in order to run your life, you are going to make great mistakes. The reason is because all lives are not the same. The body is not all eyes. The body is eyes, but it is also heart. It is also nose. It's also mouth, etc., etc. We are all different. We are all supposed to do different things. And sometimes in the economy of the devil, some people are more dangerous than others. So he decides to deploy. Is it deploy? To withdraw certain forces from certain areas to come and concentrate those forces on one person to stop him because that person is a key to the whole area. This man was a key to those ten cities. He alone. And no wonder when the enemy captured him, do you know, he used him to intimidate all those cities. So in all those ten cities, everybody knew him. His story was clear all over the place. His, his scandal was clear all over the place. The fact that he was naked has been displayed in all those places for everybody to see. So, the enemy, knowing that that is the same place where he will make impact for God, he sought to disgrace and to shame him. But do you know that after God delivered him, it is those same places where he went and demonstrated the power of God? Listen, my dear friends, until you are willing to fight some fight, your children will come and fight the same fight. Your grandchildren will come and fight the same fight. Because you see, the decision that you take today affects your children and your children's children. Listen, if you just get up and target somebody's children uh, or somebody's child and decide to harm him, believe me, your children will not escape the consequences of what you have done. Because when you sow, don't be mocked. You will reap. So people that are targeting you today, Speaking evil about you today. Going around to undermine you today. Forgive them. Because even if you forgive them, it does not exempt them from certain consequences that will come because of the law of sowing and reaping. Are you listening to me? The only way some of them will escape is if they run to the, 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 uh, what, what I call the, the ark of Noah, which is Jesus. Because that is where Jesus then takes what's supposed to be for them and takes it upon himself. Because you see, as for the consequences, they will always come. The question is, who is carrying your consequences for you? Are you listening to me? My dear friends, today I want us to pray. I want us to really reach out and begin to press in. Because all things are possible to him who believes. Young Kicho had a son who was poisoned at 16 years. Because at 16, somebody came to, to the school and had a bone to pick with the school, so sneaked in and managed to put poison into the food uh, that was to be served to the children during the break time. And the children ate the food, including Young Kicho's son, and, and, and they became terribly sick. And many of the children had already died by the time they called Yonggi Cho. And his son said, Daddy, Daddy, I'm dying. Daddy, I'm dying. And this guy, he was then a very famous minister. He had 3,000 members in his church at the time. He called to the pastors, uh, sorry, to the, to the doctors who are in his church. 
But when the doctors realized that the poisoning was, was biological poisoning, it wasn't just chemical poisoning. They just knew that there was no help. So they were afraid to draw near, lest you be the one to pronounce the pastor's son dead. And you don't want to face your pastor like that. So they gave excuses they are not coming. And the guy knew that trouble is going to happen. So they brought his child to him, and he had to go to God. And he said, he, he was praying, and the atmosphere was dry. It's like the prayer is not going. Just moving over his head. And he was praying, and his voice is, is, is like his, his voice is talking in his throat. There's nothing. He, I mean, but he said, he said, God, if you don't raise up my son, because he, he was praying while his son died. I said, God, if you don't raise up my son, I will not get up from here. I will die here. Me, I have lived, but he, he has not lived at all. God, you have to take me instead and let him live. If you don't raise my son, I will die here. And the devil is putting those ideas into his hand. Yeah, the son of the biggest church in Korea died through food poisoning. And people will be saying it all over the place. And he said, he kept on pressing. He kept on reaching out, reaching out. Listen, this thing is about pressing in. The kingdom of God is preached and every man presses in, the Bible says. He kept on pressing, 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 pressing. And listen, when you are making spiritual progress, you don't know. Because it is in the realm of the spirit. So there are no natural uh, meters which will, uh, uh, a meter will measure something, right? There are no natural meters that measure what is going on in the spirit. So you feel the same. Everything feels like nothing is moving, but actually, you are making progress. And so, at a certain point, according to him, <coughs> suddenly, he just felt free. And then he began to praise God. He began to thank God. He began to worship God. And he just knew that his son is going to live. And so, he said, somewhere, his son is called somewhere. He said, somewhere, rise up. And even then, according to him, he said, somewhere rise up, thinking that, let's say, like five or ten minutes time, or let's say, if he should say it like ten times, then the boy will rise. But somewhere rise up, the boy sprung up like a spring. And then immediately, he began to vomit some bluish, greeny things. Vomited so much. And then, after that, he said, Daddy, Daddy, I am here. Daddy, I am here. He said, yes, you are here. Daddy, please thank Jesus. Thank Jesus. Uh, thank him. Thank him. He brought me here. Thank him. And he said, well, he didn't see any Jesus. But he said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then the boy told this story that when the pain of the chemicals was so strong that he couldn't handle it anymore, suddenly he felt free, meaning his spirit went out of his body. And he found himself in the presence of the Lord. That they were singing, they were praising, the atmosphere was so good. And he was saying to Jesus, let us go home. Jesus, let us go home. Jesus no, said, no, we are not going to go home now. We will wait. I'm telling you so that you will hear this thing. So that you know that when you are in, the, in, the, in that, uh, the waiting phase, where Jesus is waiting 
for you to develop the intensity to cross certain spiritual barriers so that you can have your breakthrough. That is not the time to say, no, nothing is happening and give up. Too many people abort their spiritual babies simply because they don't have a persistent spirit. So Jesus said, no, we will wait some more. So they were waiting, they worship, the things were going on. And then finally, Jesus said to him, somewhere, you know what, you have to go back. He said, no, I don't want to go back. He said, yes, but your papa will not allow you. You have to go back. So that is how he came back to life, because Jesus brought him back. Now, if the father had given up at a certain point, because he was reaching out, he was reaching out, he was, there was a sweat, perspiration, and he got to a certain point and he said like, ah, no chance anymore, no hope anymore. Uh, well, when somebody dies, you know, that's what they will tell you. When somebody dies, we just have to bury him. And they will say, ah, 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 this Deutschland, Deutschland, oh, these people, there's not going to be any revival coming here. This, listen, this is the, the language of unbelief. When they look at the situation, they look at the natural, then they will use the natural to, to interpret what God can do and what he cannot do. And they will tell you that, ah, 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 ah. you look at the nation like this, no revival is going to come here. Look, forget it and go. Listen, if no revival is going to come here to us in Deutschland, we should be leaving, taking the next plane and leave Deutschland. If no revival will ever come here, then here is Sodom. Meaning that fire will drop from heaven and consume everybody. But you see, if that is not the case, then what we are seeing, we are seeing wrong. Some of you need to repent. I was there some time, but I've decided to repent. Because sometimes you can be with people and you can see a cultural system that has been so erected and makes it almost impossible to reach the people and you begin to draw your conclusion that as for these people, they, 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 they don't need God, they have to go to hell anyway. Who told you? Our God can do anything. If there is a need to shift the atmosphere, God will shift the atmosphere. If there is a need to shift the culture, God will shift the culture. But that will only happen when we pray. Is there anybody here who believes God? Is there anybody who believes in prayer? Is there anybody who knows that when you get on your knees, you can take the victory? Is there anybody who knows that the devil is already defeated? That he doesn't have power except the power that the Christians on the planet give him? Hello? How many of you know that the power that the devil has is the power that we give him? What we allow him to do, he can do. What we disallow, he cannot do. What we say no more, he cannot do. When we place an embargo on his activities in this church, he will stop. He will stop. And so, my dear friends, I want us to pray. Thank you for taking our time to tune in. For more information on our services, visit our website, www.wimachapu.org. You can also join us for our weekly conference calls on Thursdays. More details on our website. Also make sure to check our Facebook, Instagram and YouTube platforms.